Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. to be in the Father's house this morning. Amen. I just, I feel we need to quickly do this. Ramon is really struggling with his health, and I think so many of you are as well. And as a family this morning, do you think we could just stand in faith? What does the word say? That God is our healer. And sometimes the devil comes to us to just shut us up. And that's not going to happen this morning. All right. So I just, if you need healing this morning, I want you to just raise your hand and like as a family, as a community together, that we can just trust our Father and we can come to Him this morning and say, Lord, we thank you for your healing. So Father God, Lord, I thank you this morning that we can come to you as your children, Lord. Father God, that you are the great healer, Lord, that you said we can come before you and ask for healing. And so, Father God, I pray for everyone whose hands are raised this morning, Father God. Lord, that you will be that great healer in this moment right now, Father God. Lord, that you will have the final word, Father God, that victory is ours when the battle is the Lord's, Lord. And so this morning, Father, we don't come with fancy words, we don't come with a sing and dance, but we come as your children with a great request, that you will pour your grace and your healing over your people this morning. I thank you, Father God, that where the devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, that you have come to bring life and life in abundance, and we step into that space this morning, Father God. Lord, I thank you, the word that is meant to go out this morning, Father, that it will go out, Father God. Lord, that you will be honored, that you will be glorified in this place this morning. But Lord, not because of who we are, but because of who you are and what you've done, I thank you that we can ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's also that time we are worshiping. We're worshiping with, worshiping with our finances this morning. And I just want to request you to step out in faith, to step out in trust, um, that you will give what is God's this morning, and that uh, we can just really be reminded that He is our ultimate provider and has provided over and over for us. So as we continue to worship as a church, will you worship with your giving this morning? There are boxes at the back. Um, if you are snap scan savvy, they are on the back of the chairs. Uh, however you feel you want to give this morning, we just want to give you that opportunity. Yes, Father God, Lord, it's such a, a daunting prayer to pray, Father. Lord, that we don't say it lightly this morning, have your way, Father. But Lord, this morning in the service, Father, will you have your way, Lord? Father God, in our lives, Lord, as we choose to surrender and to give things over to you, Father, will you have your way? Father God, that we may trust you more than we trust anything else, Father. Lord, that we will continue to make you Lord of our lives, Lord, not just with our words, but with our actions, Father, with our thoughts, Lord, with the motivations of our hearts, Father God. And Lord, I just, I thank you that there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate us from your love, Lord. Father God, where we've strayed off, Lord, I thank you this morning that we can come right back to you, Father God. 
that your love covers all things, Father God. That, Lord, this morning our greatest desire is to meet with the Father, Lord, to hear your voice, Lord, to hear your word spoken over us this morning, Father God. Lord, and to bring you the worship that is due to you with our lives, Lord. And so this morning we surrender this service to you. We surrender our lives to you. We thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord, and that this morning is really just all about you. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to take your seats. I think I have already said good morning, Life Central, but good morning, Life Central. It's really great to be together this morning, and uh, just thank you for setting out the time to come and just be together as a family and to hear the word and to worship and to encourage each other. And uh, I think we just can't forsake those moments. So thank you for that. If um, you are here for the first time this morning, my name is Natalie and we are just uh, really privileged to have you here. Um, one of our couples, Hector and Karina, would love to meet you afterwards. You're welcome to just meet them at Cafe Central. Let them get you a cup of coffee and let's see how we as a church can serve you and meet you at your point of need. So um, please, will you meet them there? Where's Hector and Karina right now so we can just familiarize? Here's Hector right up front, so you can just find him there afterwards. And then on the 11th of June, we have a baby dedication that's happening at church. If you would like to have your child, baby, um, teenager <laughs> dedicated, uh, please go and give your names up at the info desk. Um, really just a step of obedience saying, Lord, we commit this child to you to raise him them in, um, in your ways. So if you are interested in that, please will you go and just give your names up there. Then this morning, it's an incredible privilege for me to just honor Ramon. Um, so many sermons preached up here. And I think I wanted to speak this morning to introduce him because the sermons that are preached up here are the sermons that are lived out at home, not always perfectly. But the words that he gives you are the words we strive to live our lives by. And so this morning, I just want to honor him for pushing through at times when it's really tough, for seeking God's face when there haven't always been easy moments, um, for being so determined to come up here and to serve you with the word. And so I trust this morning that you will receive what he has for you. It's his heart um, and that we can just say, we love you, I love you desperately, um, and I honor you this morning. I was doing really well up until that point. Let me go back. Hey, good morning, Life Central. It is so good to be with you this morning. We almost didn't make it, I'm not going to lie. This week was rough. We had a sick household all week. I can remember it must have been about Friday morning, waking up, looking at my wife, and she just, I could see something was off. I said to her, babe, are you okay? She said, no, I'm not okay. I'm exhausted. I was up with Zion till like three o'clock this morning. And I thought what every man thinks in that moment. And so I just asked, you know, 
Why on earth did you keep Zion up till three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Apparently, that's not how it happened. Um, I don't know if that was too soon, but um, we're working through it. Um, <laughs> thank you. We need all the prayer we can get. Hey, love you guys. It's just uh, very special to be with you this morning, and, uh, and this moment has come far too quick, but um, I believe that God wants to do something this morning, uh, as He always wants to in our lives when we allow Him to. Uh, this past week was a special week because it was Ascension Day. Um, what day was Ascension Day? Thursday, thank you. I knew it was one of them. Um, Thursday, we, we celebrated Ascension Day and quite a special day. It's like the 40th day of Easter. Um, this day where, where Jesus ascends into heaven. What does that mean? He just, he literally goes up into heaven. Uh, and to not get too theological about all the surroundings of Ascension Day, um, you know, the, the, the people who did life with him, they were there. The people who did life with him were there in that moment um, watching their friend, their savior uh, ascend to heaven. And what an incredible moment that must have been for them. But just before he just before he ascends into heaven, he, he, he says some stuff to them. And I still believe it's some of the most important writing in all of Scripture. As, as Jesus ascends into heaven, just, just before this moment, he, he looks at everyone gathered there. And I think that that's so important, is to recognize that he says it to everyone gathered there. That, that he looks at them and he says, man, all authority... <laughs> All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now you go. Now you go. It's, it's like he's, he's passing the baton. He's going, I have the authority and I'm giving that authority to you to go and do. To go and do what? To go and make disciples. What's a disciple? It's an imitator. It's a follower. It's, 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 it's someone who, who, who he's done life with and he's reproduced his life into their lives. Now go and do the same. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teach these new disciples to do everything that I've commanded you. And many of us sitting here today, we can recite it, especially if you are a regular, faithful member of this church. You've heard me preach on this probably hundreds of times. Um, but I think so often when we hear that statement, we kind of have the whole Reinhard Bonker picture in our minds. You know, we, we kind of have the, and for some of you, you have no idea who that is. It's Okay. Um, but we have this whole, like, this whole, like, like, big tent revival picture in our minds. Like, that, that's how we go and make disciples of all nations. Now, I've got nothing against big tent revivals. As long as there's good follow-up, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but when I read 
this line in this in the scripture of go and make disciples of all nations, there's this little asterisk at the end of, of that word nations. <laughs> and again, it's one of those moments where you've read the thing a thousand times and then you see the asterisk. <laughs> you go and read it and you go and check it out. And what that little asterisk leans into and speaks into is another one. And another one. And one more. And another one. And I feel like it's less about trying to hit the masses and more about this. Relational. Me and you. Conversation. Leaning in. Having the Jesus that's been produced in me reproduced in you. And the Jesus that's been produced in you, reproduced in me. And that's that another one that I believe this, this, this line in this, in this verse really speaks into. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not a Big Ten revival evangelist. Um, I don't see many hands flying up here. But one thing that I do know is that you've got neighbors, you've got co-workers, and if you're a Jesus follower here today, then he's speaking to you here, he's speaking to me here, and he's going, even though he was speaking to his, his best friends, essentially, and saying, go and do this, go and reproduce me in you and others. Right there, that transcends history to you and me today and says, now go and do the same. And he ends it off with going, and don't worry, I'll be with you. I'll be with you always. So so Jesus comes and he leaves them with this mission. Now, I, I grew up in a home where my parents traveled a lot, a lot. So from a pretty... Young age, we were left home alone. By the time my sister could drive and get us to school and back, um, we wouldn't even have a sitter with us. So, I mean, that's a lot of trust as well. Let's get real for a minute. Um, And I learned something about when parents leave home to go away. They leave you with lists. There are two lists. One is written. One is unwritten. The written list pretty much sums up all the things you have to do while they're not there. It's like take out the trash, open for the domestic, um, feed the dogs or the cats, uh, you know, all those things. Then there's the unwritten list. All the things you mustn't do. You know, like, don't throw raging house parties. Don't burn down the house. You know the little things in life. Don't do these things. The unwritten list. Now, if you're still living at home, I have a bit of a life hack for you. If you're still in that space in time where where your parents go away and kind of leave you with responsibilities, I'm going to give you a bit of a life hack as to figure out 
What is important when they leave? See, what I learned was that they can have these lists. But the thing to pay attention to is that very last sentence that they say just as they're leaving. As, they, as they're leaving the house, mom or dad, one or the other, would always go, whatever happens, don't forget, and then there'd be a line. If you remember that line, chances are very good that by the time they get back and you've done that line and you've missed some of the other stuff, you're okay. You're pretty okay. Now, some of the parents are sitting here thinking, thanks, Ramon, you just jacked me up for 12 years. Parents, I have a life hack for you. To counter this, whatever you do, as you're leaving home, the very last line that you say to your kids is, whatever happens, complete both lists. And then close the door. Don't say anything beyond that point. And you'll be fine. On a serious note, I think there's some merit to this. That as Jesus is Ascending into heaven, the very last message that he gives to you and to me is go. Go and reproduce the me in you, in those around you. Super important. Super important. And I can only imagine his, his followers standing there looking at him, ascending into heaven. And, and for a minute, I so want to... I still want to ask you to kind of just love yourself into that moment, you see, because so often, isn't it true that, that we can so often read Scripture and it just becomes, it kind of becomes a story that, that almost doesn't seem real. It kind of becomes like, like reading your kids a bedtime story or something like that, or, or a, I don't know, a Dion Mayer novel. Can't think of any other writer right now. Um, but, but, but you see, when I engage with Scripture, I recognize that there's, an, there's a historical value to it. And that's how I approach Scripture. That's how I like to read Scripture. And, and as we approach it from that standpoint, I can only imagine these very real people standing watching this very real but seemingly unbelievable moments happening in front of them. And as they're watching this and experiencing this, I can only imagine what was going through their minds. I can only imagine the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings that were going through them. I can only imagine them starting to remember those little moments that they had with Jesus one-on-one, -on -one, personally, day in and day out. <coughs> I can only imagine that they must have stood there remembering that days ago, just days ago, He'd made them breakfast on the beach. And for those of you who are here and you're kind of new to faith and you're new to all of this, I'm not making that up. Jesus really made them breakfast on the beach. And while he's making them breakfast on the beach, he kind of has this, this, this critical moment with one of his followers, one of his friends, a guy by the name of Peter. You see, Peter denied Jesus in his, in his most crucial moment. Denied him three times. I don't know this man. I don't know this man. I don't know this man. And as Jesus is making them breakfast on the beach, Jesus engages with a very broken Peter. 
And he says to him, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Peter says, I love you. He says, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? I love you. Okay, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? By now, Peter's offended. Peter's like, yes, you know that I love you. He's like, okay, and feed my lambs. And the beauty of that moment that I can only imagine that they all experienced knowing Peter denies Jesus three times, and yet on, on, on three separate occasions in that one moment, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And gives him the opportunity to acknowledge his love for Jesus. It's like, my boy, I've forgiven you, but I've forgiven you properly. You're good. My grace is sufficient for this moment. I can only imagine what that must have meant to the people that were there and engaging in that moment. I can only think that as they're watching Jesus ascend into heaven, that they, they kind of have this recollection of his, of his death and, and how, how in that moment it just felt like everything was lost. Everything was lost. It's like, man, everything that we've poured our lives into, everything that we've, we've given our lives for, what a waste. We thought this man was going to be sitting on a Jewish throne and now he's hanging on a Roman cross. This isn't the way it was meant to end. This was meant to be so much different than the hopelessness and the loss that they felt in the moment. And yet three days later, they're like, come on, this is real. This is real. The tomb's empty. Mary says that she saw him. He, apparently, he's going to come visit with us just now. Like, this is happening. This is real. Everything that we've thrown our lives at, it is real. And I can imagine as they're thinking that, they must have stood there. I mean, they're watching Jesus ascend, but that's not what's giving them goosebumps. That moment is giving them goosebumps right there and them. Those crucial conversations that he had with them day in and day out. The conversations of when people try to trap him and ask him weird questions. What's the greatest command? And he just looks at them and he says, love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's just as important. Love God, love people. And how that not just transformed their lives, but ultimately would transform society and, and the society that we even live in to this day. The, the conversations where where Jesus talks about the day that we stand before God and God would, would say, man, I was, I, was, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was, I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was imprisoned and you didn't visit me. But Lord, when, when, did we, when did we miss this? As you've done to the least of these, you've done it to me. And yet to another, he would turn and look and go, man, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came and you visited me. Lord, when, when did I do this? As you've done to the least of these, you've done it to me. 
crucial moments, life-changing moments that they would have had with Jesus. Life-changing moments for you and for me, even to this day. A moment where he looked at them and he said, man, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What's he saying? Man, if you want to know God's heart for your life, then just see my heart for your life. If you want to know God's heart for your life, look at how I love you. That's how he loves you. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know how how his plans work for your life, then just pay attention to what I've told you. Not just what I've told you, but what I've shown you. Because so much more than just words, it's, it's, it's about deeds, it's about actions. It's about how I've lived in front of you. And if you go and you implement that into your life, we see scripture says to us that as your soul prospers, so you too will prosper. But I can only imagine that in that moment, it all came down to this one moment that they remember. As they're watching Jesus ascend, I can only imagine that that they recognize that it all comes down to one moment, the very first moment, where Jesus found them in their brokenness, where Jesus found them jacked up, messed up, living all kinds of lives, kind of like us. Looks at them, says, come, follow me. Come follow me. Now again, for you and I, that doesn't kind of ring true. That, that, that doesn't always hit home. Let's be honest. Come follow me. That's fantastic, man. I follow people on Instagram, and I follow people on Twitter, and I follow people all over the show. That's not quite what he meant. But yet in our society, that's cool. That, that, that works, right? Because I can follow you without following me. I can, I can claim to follow you, but never actually follow you. When this word follow actually speaks very much into imitate, I can claim to imitate without ever being like the person. I think a great question for you and for me today, guys and ladies, think about this. Imagine Jesus walked up to the people in the first century and said this. Walked up to the people and said, and said I want you to come follow me. In fact, all I actually want you to do is to just tell people that you follow me. Just go around, tell them that you follow me. In fact, you guys, just tell people that you follow me, that, um, that you hang out with me, and that I'm a really good guy. And uh, you don't have to follow me. You don't have to be anything like me. Just tell them that you are. Thank you. And yet they never, ever actually follow him or behave anything like him. I firmly believe we would not be here today. I firmly believe that that movement would ever have taken off. That movement would have never moved. (laughs) No, you see, it it took men and women to recognize what that moment meant, that that moment of follow. Because to you and me, it's just mere words. 
back in the first century, when, when, a, when a rabbi walked up to a young man, sorry, ladies, it was a young man back then, um, and, uh, and said, come and follow me. There was a very specific meaning with regards to that. And the meaning was this. I see greatness in you. I see something worthwhile in you to the extent that I want to reproduce all my teachings, all my knowledge, all my ways. I want to reproduce them in you. I want to reproduce myself in you so that you can carry on with my teachings. It was a massive honor. Here's the catch. All the men and the women that Jesus approached, none of them were rabbis. They were all in their father's trade. That means that no one ever walked up to them and said, I see value in you. I see value in you. I see something significant in you. I see something in you that makes me want to reproduce myself in you. And then this man, Jesus, walks up. And he goes, my boy, my girl, come follow me. And they didn't hear, come follow me. What they heard was, I see value in you. I see value in you. I see, I see something in you that makes me want to reproduce myself in you. Come and do life with me. And guys and ladies, with, with all my heart, I believe that right there in that moment, Jesus comes and he takes away all of our excuses. All of our excuses. Ramon, I'm, I'm not good enough. Ramon, I've, you know, you, you don't know what my, my life looks like. Firstly, I'm not equipped. You know, secondly, um, I've got the, I don't have the education. I, I don't have the temperament. For heaven's sakes, have you ever read about Peter? Like, talk about some temperament. Soldiers rock up. Dude just flings out a sword, chops off a guy's ear, and then starts asking questions. If he made the cut, I think you're okay. But Jesus comes in and he, he takes away all of our excuses, guys and ladies, for us to not pursue him, for us to not follow him. Ultimately, Jesus says to you and to me, follow. Follow. And you see, that follow is a very specific call. I could have spoken to you about a hundred things today. And trust me, I wrestled with most of them. But as I thought about today, I was like, Lord, if, if this is my last opportunity, what do, I, what do I talk about? And you see, the go and make is awesome, and I believe it's so important. All of these aspects of our faith are so crucial, but none of them will happen without the follow. If we are not willing to literally follow Jesus in every area and every aspect of our life, then this other stuff won't happen because it won't hit true 
a one-hit truth. You see, I can, I can say to my wife, I love you, and that's cool. That's great. But if I never love her, show her love, care for her, not just express it, but live it out, there will be such a, 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 a shallow relationship here. But, but when I'm willing to, 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 to spend time with her, to prioritize her, to, to not live my own life and when it suits me, come and connect with her because I want something from her. But where I realize, no, my life is now, this is one life. The same applies with our relationship with God. This follow is what that means. Follow means that I come and I, I prioritize him daily. And you might be sitting here today going, Ramon, this is so like, so, so basic, so like fundamental. You know, like I, I was expecting a little more from you today. Um, I hear you. If you know me, you just know that I'm a firm believer in the fact that More often than not, our lives are such a mess because we've missed the fundamentals. We've missed the basics. It's like rider training. Everyone wants to do 300 k's an hour down the highway, but making a U-turn in the parking lot is a bit of a challenge. The fundamentals just aren't there. And it's the same with our faith. We want to do 300 k's an hour down the highway of life. But we duck paddling our way to get started. Guys and ladies, you are worth more. You are worth more. Let that sink in today. God's heart for you is that you would not get lost in the cares of life, not get swept up in the cares of life and just go, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to follow on my terms. One of the moments in Scripture that always hits me the hardest is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was fully God and fully human. And the fully human part of him that night was screaming out. He was saying, Lord, if there's any way for this to not happen, will you take this cup from me? And then he said these words, not my will, yours be done. Not my will but yours be done. Guys and ladies, if we can live from that standpoint, I'm just going, well, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Not in my way, but in your way. I'm going to pursue you day in, day out. I'm going to prioritize you. I'm going to get up when it's uncomfortable. I'm going to come and I'm going to visit with you. When I don't feel like it, I'm going to train myself. I'm going to train this body. I'm going to train this mind 
to come and desire to be with you. And I thank you that you said that you will be with me always. That in those moments you come and you change my desires and you lock my heart onto your heart. That as I follow you, you will reproduce yourself in me day in and day out and day in and day out up to the point where I'm overflowing of the reality of Jesus. Not some religious, almost said something there. Um, not some religious nonsense. No, I don't believe that, 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 that quite honestly, I, I think it ticks Jesus off. Sorry, I, I said it. I love Bono from U2, his quote, where he says, religion is the enemy of God. It's what happens when God, like Elvis, has left this building. Let that sink in for a minute. Religion is the enemy of God. Not, God's not looking for religion, guys and ladies. He's looking for a reality of relationship with him. You might be here today and you've been walking a long road in Christianity, but if you're honest, you've never had a real relationship with Jesus. You've never really followed. The stories in Scripture have become fairy tales. It's kind of lost its impact, lost its reality. Man, I want to encourage you. Spend time in Scripture again. Just Learn to fall in love with Jesus again. There's a song that I've just grown to love over the last little while, and I'm, I'm busy wrapping up. Um, there's a song that I've, I've really just grown to love over the last while. It's, it's by a band, um, Need to Breathe. And uh, the, the, the chorus of the song just says, I'm yours, and you will always be mine. It feels like madness that I'm invited to the table by your side. I'm yours, and you are mine. I'm a man with one ambition, it's to dance with my divine. My heart for you this morning is that that will become the prayer of your heart. That you will so desire to see the reality of God come alive in your life. That you are willing to make the sacrifices required to follow. To not subscribe. <laughs> to follow. To say this life is yours. Warts and all, jacked up, everything. Can I fill you in on a secret quickly? Crooked sticks can still draw straight lines when they're in the hands of your Savior. If you think there's a perfect man standing up here, you're missing the boat completely. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm a very broken individual. And the longer that I've been in ministry, the longer I'm walking with Jesus, the more aware of my brokenness I become. 
but the more aware of His grace all the time. I'm so grateful for it. So maybe today you feel like a crooked stick or a broken stick. Where your life is surrendered into the hands of your Savior. <laughs> he has this beautiful way of drawing straight lines. Influencing lives around you. Starting conversations that you naturally wouldn't start. And he starts changing lives in ways that we can only be amazed at. Starting right here. Ramon, how do I do this? <laughs> How do I do this? Hold on to your seat. It's mind blowing. You choose it. You choose it. Every day, you choose it. I am yours. You will always be mine. Feels like madness. I'm invited to the table by your side. I'm yours, you are mine. I'm a man with one ambition. Sit dance with my delight. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that this morning Lord, that you come and you just Speak into lives. Lord, that you speak into my life. That you speak into our lives. Lord, that you're not interested in pretense. You're not interested in a show. You're not interested in entertainment. I mean, entertainment's fun, but we just need that tea. But you're so interested in us. You so love us. You so desire us. As nuts as it feels and seems. But that you just love us. With all our doubts, with all our fears, with all our mistakes. That you love us. That you walk up to those very broken individuals. That you just come and you say to us, come, follow me. I see value in you. I see significance in you. If only you could see the life that I see for you. Lord, that as we just choose to follow you day in and day out, not on our terms, on yours, we come to and choose to put our selfishness aside, choose to surrender it every day to you. Choose to make our lives not about us, but choose to make our lives about you about who you are in our lives. Lord, 
that you come and that you bring about life and freedom. That we can live with the reality of the love of a heavenly Father, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the direction and, 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 and life application of your Son, Jesus. Lord, that all of these can help form us, shape us more and more into the likeness that you created us to be. Lord, these lives are yours. And you will always be ours. I pray your blessing over your people. I pray your blessing over your people. I pray that this house will always be a house where the marginalized are welcome. Where people who are far from faith or on the fringe of faith can always find a home. That we will never make it difficult for those who are turning to you. But that you will use us To engage with their hearts the way that you used someone else to engage with ours. We love you, Lord. These lives are yours, and you will always be ours. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys and ladies. I think we should end off with a song. Is that good? Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Would you stand with us as we do one last song together? And then please don't race off. We've got good visiting time afterwards. So it would be great to visit. And uh, just know that we love you so, so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.